I found you in a box floating down the river. I eyed my grandmother suspiciously. Her deep brown eyes danced mischievously, set within a face that was deeply lined and etched by a lifetime's toil in the harsh Afghan sun. I was four years old and had just asked the classic question of where I'd come from. You are joking with me, Zulabri. Calling her old mother always made her smile. Why would an old woman lie? I found you in the river, and I made you mine. With that, she let out a toothless chuckle and wrapped me in her strong arms. I was my grandparents' second grandchild, born one year after Hazrat. But I felt like I was their favorite, with a very special place in their hearts. My family is from the Pashtun tribe, which is known for both its loyalty and fierceness. Home was the eastern Afghan province of Nangarhar, the most populated province in Afghanistan, and also a place of vast deserts and towering mountains. It is also a very traditional place, where even today, local power structures continue to run along feudal and tribal lines. I was born in 1994, a year before the Taliban government took control of Afghanistan. For many Afghans, and particularly for my family, the rise of the ultra-conservative Taliban was a good thing. The Taliban were seen as a stabilizing force, one that brought peace and security to a country that for more than 15 years had suffered unimaginable hardships and endless violence during first the Russian invasion, then, later, a brutal civil war. For much of their marriage, my grandparents lived in a refugee camp in the northwestern Pakistani city of Peshawar. The refugee camp was also where my parents met and were married. By the time I was born, Afghanistan was not at war and was relatively stable under Taliban rule. My earliest memory is of being four years old and running with my grandfather's sheep high in the mountains. Grandfather, or Zuraba, old father, as I called him in my native language of Pashtu, was a nomadic farmer and shepherd. He was a short man, made taller by the traditional gray turban he always wore. His hazel-flecked green eyes shone with a vital energy that belied his ears. Each spring, he walked his flock of thickly fleeced sheep and spiral-horned cattle to the farthest reaches of the mountains in search of fresh and fertile pasture. My grandparents' home, a traditional tent made from wooden poles and embroidered cloth, traveled with them. Two donkeys carried the tent on their backs, along with the drums of cooking oil, sacks of rice, and the flour my grandmother needed to bake naan. I used to watch transfixed as my grandmother spread and kneaded sticky dough along a flat rock before baking it over the embers of an open fire. She cooked on a single metal pan, which hung from chains slung over some branches balanced over the fire. I loved helping her gather armfuls of wild nettles, which she boiled to make a delicious, delicately scented soup. I don't know how she did it, but everything she created in that pan tasted of pure heaven to a constantly hungry little boy like me. Every year, as the leaves began to turn into autumn's colors, my grandparents would head back down to lower ground, making sure to return to civilization before the harsh snows of winter descended and trapped them on the mountain slopes. There, they joined the rest of their family, their six children and assorted grandchildren, in the rambling, stone-built structure that housed our entire extended family. Though simple, our home was lovely, perched above a clear, flowing river. Grandfather loved his family with a fierce passion, and laughter came easily to both him and my grandmother. 
I don't think I ever saw him angry. One time I accidentally almost took his eye out with a catapult. Blood streamed down his cheek from where my badly aimed rock had cut it. It must have really hurt, but he didn't chastise me. Instead, with characteristic humor, he managed to make a joke of it. Good shot, Gurwali. My grandmother was sturdily built and bigger than my grandfather. She was definitely the boss, but I could see they adored each other. Love isn't something people really discuss in Afghanistan. Families arrange marriage matches according to social structure, tribal structure, or even to facilitate business deals. No one expects or even wants to be in love. You just do as your parents demand and make a marriage work the best you can. You have to, because divorce is forbidden for women. It was explained to me once by my grandfather that a woman is too flighty and unsure of her own mind to understand the consequences of leaving her marriage. Besides, who would look after her if she did?